thanks for tuning in to the Undercuts Review episode of the Canadian Grand Prix. Please rate and review wherever you listen as it helps us move up the charts. Now, enjoy the show. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. By being a racing driver means you are racing with other people. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. We had the Canadian Grand Prix this weekend. It was the first one since 2019, I believe. We get to qualifying. Charles and Yuki are having to start at the back of the tr- at the back of the grid, uh, regardless of what happens. Uh, Charles ended up taking a full new engine for the race, and Yuki had to uh, take a penalty as well. It was really wet and really cold for the session. We knew it wasn't going to be that for the race, so it was interesting to see how the guys were going to uh, choose the setups between you know, having the wet qualifying and then having a dry race. Yeah, I think it, uh, Friday was dry. So that was really people trying to get as much running in as they could on Friday, knowing that the weather was going to come in on Saturday and probably mean the setup for, for good qualifying wouldn't be necessarily the, the right setup for the race. Montreal ha- has a habit of throwing in a bit of weather. It could be one th- extreme or another. I remember the first time I went to Montreal, it was so hot. I mean, it was really hot, like 95 degrees and 90% humidity. It was baking hot and i was in a i had a general admission ticket and everyone was just kind of packed in and it it was just horrible um but then same you look at the race a few years ago with jensen button and it rained and that was the race that introduced the rules around you know three hour window that we saw in monaco so it could be one extreme or another uh makes for interesting times because i think certainly the way that qualifying shaped up there were a few guys who were a little out of place and so makes the race a little bit more interesting yeah i agree whenever you whenever i see wet whenever you see wet anytime in formula one it usually means that something interesting is going to happen so with qualifying you get the opportunity for some guys to be further up the grid that maybe aren't aren't usually there and you know the luck plays into it a lot more about how the track shakes out so um i think it being wet but stopping raining so that it was a progressively drying track over the whole hour plus of qualifying made it made it interesting too yeah because it means that there's always people on track you know everyone wants a banker lap just in case there's a red flag towards the end so at the beginning of any of the sessions you'll see guys getting out there and then at the end of the session it's faster than it was at the beginning of the session so people will still be out you get a lot of cars on track on a drying track yeah and it also made for you know the potential for guys that usually don't have the chance to be at you know, fighting for pole position are able to do that. Um, I mean, all the pundits, they were picking Alonzo and Vettel to potentially be the the pole winners. I ended up picking Alonzo for my pole position in my coops, and it was so close, but he just wasn't there. <laughs> wow, ballsy move. That is excellent. Yeah, I figured you might, might as well go for it. Yeah, yeah I might as well go, go for it. We finally start. It was very wet. Vettel and Gasly were really the two that were surprising to, to go out go out in Q1. Yeah, Vettel Vettel in practice three in the morning, again, wet conditions, was right, right up there at the top of the timesheets. So I was, you know, talking about Coops F1. I thought, well, Vettel could be good for, for uh, you know, a point or two at the end. But I was, yeah, I was surprised to see them go out. You know, both Aston Martins going out in Q1. 
that was uh, a bit of a surprise to me. And Gasly, I always rate Gasly. You'll see it probably features quite prominently in my Coops F1 picks for a few cheeky points, seventh, eighth or, or whatever. But again, didn't get it done. And he and he had a great chance to really kind of show what he could do this weekend with Yuki at the back. Obviously, everyone knows he's the number one guy in the team, but he took himself into Yuki's clutches a little bit by qualifying so low down the grid. My, uh, my Coops F1 pole position projection was just all wrong because I didn't realize that that Charles had, had, he had a, did he have a twenty place grid penalty then effectively? So he, I thought it was ten. He originally, right, he I, originally they tried just the one unit for the ten grid penalty, and they were just like, it's just not oh. fast enough. So like halfway through the second practice, they just took him out and changed the whole engine. Oh right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, I got, I lost. I didn't get that memo either. Yeah. I I didn't realize that Charles was going to be starting at the back. I didn't realize he'd taken any penalty <laughs> at all. I should have been paying more attention. Um, so I probably put him in second or whatever in my in my picks, but. Um, yeah, I should have been paying, paying closer attention. We get to Q2, and some some stuff starts to happen. Albon has a little incident, but it, it's not bad. He goes nose into the like the cushion part of the of the barriers, um, and is able to pull out and get away. Um, very shortly after that, though, Checo has a similar one, but he's going much faster, and he he does some damage in his car, and he's not able to reverse it out, and uh, that causes the first the first person to, to crash in the qualifying session. And then what, they red flagged it at that point. Yeah. And yeah. once he's the cause of the red flag, even if his car's still good, you're done, I think is what they were yeah, saying. Yeah, you're right. If you cause a red flag, regardless of if you're able to get out or not, you're out of the session. Which I think is a, That's yeah, I agree. a good rule. Lando is not able to put in a time. He's having some issue with his car. He wasn't able to get a full lap in. And the other big surprise getting out of not getting out of Q2 is Botas out in P11. You know, I really thought the Alfa, Alfa Romeos were possibly able, were going to be able to do better this, this weekend, but it was not the case. I, I was kind of thinking on that, that maybe they were a little lower downforce. So they were going for a stronger race, maybe sacrificing some qualifying positions to, to be on a lower downforce setting so that they could, you know, get past people on the long straight running up, up to the last chicane but we didn't really see that come through in the race. So, you know, it, it's pretty strong performance by, by Alphas recently. I, I don't know what happened with Bottas, but yeah. I was expecting a little more. But both, uh, both Haskars made it into Q3, yeah. which is a little surprising. So Fifth and yeah. sixth. Yeah, but their best cumulative... I, I'm getting into Q3 now, but yeah. yeah. They both made it through. <laughs> I mean, they're, yeah, their best, the best uh, qualifying for a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, I think it's the best so. one in their history, so... It was good to see from them. George went bold in Q3. Towards the end of the session, he decided it was dry enough. He went on the slicks. He tried it. It did not work out for him. He spun out in the very beginning of the lap. I mean, it, it was totally soaked in some parts, and he just wasn't – he he spun out, and that was the end of his session. He was able to get, like, an okay lap yeah. in to get into P8, but that was it for him. Yeah, they went for the, uh, you know, Jason putting Alonso on yeah. pole <laughs> strategy. If it were, <laughs> it's like, you got to go You'd for it. You'd love to see it, so, though, right? You'd love to see somebody give it a yeah. go, you know? Yeah, because if it had worked oh. out and if he'd have got the, the tires hooked up, he'd have been oh. – a couple of seconds Easy. ahead of everyone else and no one with you know no one else having the time yeah. to put the tires on it would have been a masterstroke but it was a bit like a swimming pool at the uh, at the apex of the first turn and when you go when you see them go through that amount of water on slick tires it's really funny just to see the water fly up from them because you're just not used to seeing that and at that point, it's like, yeah, he was never getting around that next round turn yeah. two, which is unfortunate. Afterwards, he said in the Williams, they tried that. I can't remember where it was. Spa, maybe. And they were able to get, you know, P3. 
So you never know what what can happen in wet conditions. That that was the that was probably his, his uh, P two in qualifying in Spa right. last year, right? Where they didn't That's actually right, have right. the race, but he start he started second on the grid, and they did their two. That was his first podium. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> And it changed yeah. the rules again. So that, it, it takes one of those Absolutely. to change the rules. But yeah, that's it. If you don't go for it, you, you know, you're never going to know if it was going to work. I agree. So Max was flying through the whole session, though. He he was he was fast and and got pole position. Alonso, you know, I went bold, but he, he got P2. So I was pretty happy with that, which is his best qualifying position in 10 years. I think it was Hockenheim 2012 was the last time he was on the front row. So really great lap from him. Yeah, which is crazy when you think yeah. about him. It's Fernando, right? I mean, it's nuts that he's not been on the front row for that long. But you could see when they were interviewing him on, like, on the grid, he was super excited. They asked him, is this the most excited you've been for a race in, in a long time? He said, no, not really. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> he knows that he was going to be going backwards. But, right. you know, it was good that he got, you know, the crowd really showing their appreciation. You know, he got big cheers because he, he's had his checkered past a little bit, but... You know, everyone respects him a great deal and know that he's in a car that he can't really win in, but a lot of history, a lot of talent, one of my favorites of all time. So to see him up there for me was really, really great. So what we have for grid position, Max, Alonzo, and Carlos got P3, Lewis right behind him, P4, and Kevin, Mick, P5 and 6, Alcon, P7, George and P8. And then Danny Rick, the only McLaren up in the to qualifying P10, uh, in the top 10, P9, and then Joe getting P10, which was really good on him. So we get to race day. It's beautiful. It's dry. We get going, and there's a little incident on lap one. Kevin hits the back wheel of Lewis. Something happens, and he damages his car. I didn't notice it live. You know, it was really great racing. I mean, that it was, they were wheel to wheel inside each other's wheels you know the the wheels were interlocked for a period as they went round and just really good close racing um and respectful racing by both of them no one shoved each other no one really got their elbows out they were just really fighting for the same corner and yeah it was two into one don't go i think kevin recognized that and he came out of it just enough but there was just a little bit of a brush that damaged the end plane on the on the wing and it didn't come off it would have been probably better if it had come off because um, then it wasn't flapping around or whatever. And it wasn't really flapping around a whole lot, I don't think. No. Um, but, you know, black and orange flag comes out and, you know, you've got to you've got to obey the flags, which is unfortunate yeah. for Kevin because he was getting really racy and you could tell he was really up for it. And he came in what? Well, yeah. The timing of him coming in could have been better. I guess we'll cover that in a minute. Before we get to that moment, Carlos gets a great pass on Alonso um, and is up into P2. Alonso's already dropping back. I mean, we knew that was coming anyway with the car that they have. And then, what, just a couple laps later, Kevin gets the black and orange flag, which is crazy. We've had two and two races, and I don't think we even had one all of last year. I can't remember one last year. I guess the new race directors, they're being more diligent i guess it has to the damage has to fit in that like window like where it's like 
not egregious enough that they won't bring him in on their own, but the stewards think it's egregious enough to call, to, to be an issue. I mean, I remember, what, a lot, was it Alonso last year driving around with like half his side pod missing or something for a bit? But obviously <laughs> they pulled him in. The team did. You didn't need a black and orange flag for that one. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an unusual situation, but I agree. Yeah, you don't get it very often. Yeah. Getting, getting to know the flags with Nils <laughs> Wittich. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> I, I'd have left it because it clearly wasn't going to f- come off the car. If it does, then it's just only a small piece of shrapnel. It happens all the time, right? Obviously, you know, we, we, we talked about last week with Yuki's rear wing. If it comes off, there's another car following and, you know, you don't want a, a Felipe Massa issue again. So I kind of get it. But yeah, to your point, we've not seen a black and orange flag. I can't really remember ever seeing one before last week. And I've been watching this a long time. Yeah. There's probably been one in the past at some point, but I don't know. They're getting a little bit, you know, they've bought the flags. They've got to use them. <laughs> <laughs> what's this? What's this one do? Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll get the oil one next. Oil on the track. What is that? Black <laughs> is, that, is there a flag black for that? Yellow, it? Well, it's it's it, it's uh it's the 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 changing. I think it's black and yellow. It's, it's got a it's it's black with a, a yellow stripe through it. I think, and it's just it really indicates a changing track surface, and they only show it for like two laps because then everyone's been by it twice, and so they know that the condition is good. So I don't know. It's it's one. Let's see if they bring it out at some point during the season. Black, yeah. red, and red and yellow red stripes track is slippery. There you go. That's the one, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like the Catalan flag. It's like the Catalan flag, that's right. Track is slippery. Okay. They could have done that for this whole weekend, pretty much. I mean, they say it's like a green track, right? No one ever races here. So, anyway, we get to lap eight, and then Checo's car dies. Um, we're not sure if it's transmission or gearbox. It doesn't seem like it's an engine issue, but it causes the first uh, virtual safety car, and some guys... Take take the chance to pit under there. Max does. Carlos stays out. Alonso stays out. It jumbles up the order a little bit, but that means Max is out there on his own. Well, I think Carlos was. I mean, there was a small gap, I guess, from from Max to Carlos, but Carlos was hanging with Max. He wasn't getting dropped massively. I was a bit surprised that Ferrari didn't bring Carlos in as well. Usually, you know, you get the you know the quote unquote free pit stop or the least restrictive pit stop, unless they were just gambling on a on a later safety car yeah it's at that point in the race you know it's it's still yeah. early like we saw it at baku carlos was the guy in in question that time in terms of the safety car there but yeah this early in the race it's very touch and go if you're going to get through to the end on on a hard tire i can understand why they didn't bring people in then you know you progress a few more laps if if the lap if the virtual safety car comes ten laps later, then maybe you, more people are going to go for it. Yeah. But on lap nine, it's still a, it's still very much a gamble. But, and time that you know nine seconds at that point in the race, or once you got a bit more field spread, the extra nine seconds is still a lot of time to pull out on the rest of the field. But it's time that could very easily go away from you at the end of the race if you're losing a second. Yeah, who, who knows where you're going to come out, right? You're definitely going to come out behind people that early in the race. You could get stuck behind somebody. So it's not maybe the massive uh, advantage that you'd uh, think. Of course, Magnussen wishes it had come a lap earlier because he was forced to pit under race conditions. Virtual safety car comes out, the, the lap 
later. It was unlucky for him, as you know, Haas just gets unlucky all year, it seems. But anyway, we get a couple laps later than that. Lap 11, we're back racing. Charles has already made up six spots. He obviously did not pit, and he's in P13 after starting in P19. So Charles is making up time fast. He's he's looking really fast. And then the next lap, lap 12, Lewis gets a great pass on the pit straight, and he's up into P5 already, and he's right behind George, who didn't pit under the safety car, and he's the Mercedes cars are looking really fast. Yeah, George was getting got a bit annoyed, I think, with the with the Mercedes team there because he realized Hamilton's behind him, but he has Annie's pit already, and George hadn't, and he was like, "Oh, well, I'm going to get shuffled out of position here." But uh, George was racing Ocon, right? So he wasn't necessarily racing Lewis. Lewis is further up the field. Obviously, he got like the the two houses in between them. But when you're lining up eighth, you, you know you've got some people to get past to be able to to reach a teammate up front so the fact that they were on the same same piece of track at that point in time i don't think george can really complain about that because that's just where they are at that point in the race with a lot you know a lot of laps left to go and there was there was a lot of passing going on in this race it was kind of hard to you know a lot of passing and a lot of pitting with all the with all the safety cars um it was kind of hard to keep track of where everybody was and how the pit stops were and where it all where it all was playing out and then we get to lap 19 Joe passes Mick. It was a great pass, but immediately after that, Mick's car dies and he's out of the race and he's having, he was having a, a decent race like he does many times and he loses his points finish again. Not that he necessarily, you know, you can say he was going to have that at this point, but another car error is causing Mick to be out of a race and he was pissed. Yeah. I mean, this was his chance. He's not scored a point. In Formula One, he's starting sixth on the grid. I I, I get it, and it's a, it's a real shame for him yeah. because he needs a point as much as anyone has ever really needed a point. He needs a point like um, Hulkenberg needed a podium, yeah. right? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he ends up with more points than than uh, Hulkenberg had podiums. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he would. Yeah. Life is tough I, at the moment. I for saw him. Uh, a first hand account from somebody sitting at that corner. You know, Checo's car died. He, he gets out the car. He waves to the crowd. You know, but off back to the garage. Mick got out the car. I don't know if he was shouting at the car, shouting at whatever. Apparently, he like had a dust up with a porta potty or something, smashed the side of it, or just bashed into the side of it. He said it was very loud, but you can't blame Mick for this one. It was. Not 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 that you could predict the future, but yes, it was there for him. I mean, he just that whole team just continuously shoots themselves in the foot, whether it's their fault or not. It's uh, it's been a brutal stretch of races for them. So at this point, we're at lap twenty three. The order that we have is for the top ten is Max in first, Carlos in second, Alonso in third. He still has not pitted yet. Lewis in fourth, George in fifth, Ocon in sixth, Charles in seventh. He, I believe he has not pitted yet either. Bottas in eighth, Stroll in ninth, and Joe in tenth. Kind of mixed up. Yeah, and the two the two safety cars, you know, with Max pitting under the first safety car, Carlos pitting under the second safety car, kind of played into Ferrari's hands a little bit. They stayed out. They got a, a later pit stop without the tires going off. They did it under the safety car, so they didn't get hurt. So he's got fresher tires. And I think at this point, he, most of the race, in fact, Carlos was was quicker than, than Max. Carlos was fast uh, this weekend. Yeah. He was really fast. At, at every stage. So he was. it was definitely shaping up to be a good good second half to the race. Even further down, Stroll had made his way up to ninth at that point. Uh, I think he hadn't pitted probably at, the, at this stage. But Joe is also there. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's hanging in there. Like you say, he... he 
made it up into Q3, right? Where did where did Joe start? Tenth. He started on 10th? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's still in 10th at this point. Obviously, a lot going on around him, but, you know, good for him. Continue the conversation on pine-sports.com. That's P-I-N-E-sports.com and the Pine Sports Discord, which you can find linked on the website. And join us in a one-of-a-kind fantasy Formula One contest at coopsf1.com. That's C-O-O-P-S-F number one dot com, where you can put your theories to the test. So we get to lap 29, and Alonso finally pits, and he drops down behind Charles in P7. In my opinion, they should have pitted at least in one of those safety cars. I think he would have had a much better chance of getting a podium spot. But he has to pit under under green conditions, and, and it costs him. So we're about halfway through lap 35. Crofty says Lewis's car should be called Lazarus, which is awesome. It's a little bit off of my name, but I'll take it. I like it. Max is way ahead at this point. I mean, Carlos is still fast, but but Max has a seven and a half second lead at this point. But Carlos pits. He's on fresher tires, and it looks like he's he's taking some taking some time out of Max's lead, which is you know looking like it's going to be very interesting at the end of the race. Yeah, I mean, this was the phase of the race that Carlos knew he needed to make up ground on Max. Right, his tires were fresher, having pitted on what, lap nineteen, I think. Well, he was on this during the second one, right? So he's he right about there, uh, yeah. Nineteen during the second, yeah, yeah, nineteen twenty. Yeah. So he he got he he knew exactly how many laps there were that his tires were fresher, and he needed to get up close because if Max needed to to pit again, then he needed to make sure that he was far enough ahead to make up for any offset on the tires after Max pitted but then also get close enough so that if max did try and go to the end that he'd be close enough to be able to make the move all of course while preserving tires as much as you can so that you're you still retain that tire advantage at this point in the race it was really shaping up to be a strong race for carlos and one that he really needed after his misfortunes of the first third of the season yeah and then lap 43 charles finally pits for the first time he he had a long stint on those hard tires and he still comes down pretty high up i mean from where he started he's in p12 right behind danny in p11 so he he's making up a lot of really good time lap 44 max pits carlos gets that spot back just like you were saying just now nick um max has to pit carlos has p1 he's got the tire advantage um, can he make it last and keep Max behind is, is the question at this point without making a pit. They're kind of banking, I guess, on on a safety car to get a free pit if they need to. Yeah, because nine plus seconds to make up over the course of that, you know, the rest of the race, you know, at that point, it's probably on. You know, Max with, I guess at this point, how many 25, 30, 30 laps left of the race. I don't know exactly how many how many laps there were on it, but it's less than half a second a lap. It's definitely achievable. At this stage, Carlos should just be going for it, trying to pull out as much, uh, keep, retain as much of the lead as he can and see what happens. Max has 24 laps, like you were saying, to make up with 22 lap fresher tires to make up nine and a half se- nine seconds. But then Yuki pits and immediately coming out of the pits, he crashes into the wall. And then just to throw salt on the wounds for him, he gets a 300 euro fine for going two and a half kilometers over the pit speed limit. 
um, which seems ridiculous. I mean, 300 euros to this guy is, is nothing, but whatever. Um, but Carlos gets the free pit he was hoping for. And so I was thinking they should have gone on the mediums. Martin, you think they might not have had any medium tires yeah, I, left? Yeah, I believe he didn't have any left. That's what I, when I was okay. looking at, because I saw the, thought the same thing, but I saw that somewhere that he didn't have any mediums left to use. So yeah, mm. it, it seemed like the wrong call to me, but if you, got, if you haven't got any, you haven't, you haven't got any. So Carlos comes out, what is it? Nine, nine lap fresher tires than Max. And, you know, it's just a race to the end. I was just looking offline. I seem to remember someone else crashing on the pit exit at Montreal before. For some reason, I think it's a Toyota. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I was just trying to Google it. That's why I wasn't really paying attention for a second. Um, <laughs> but it was, yeah, dude, that's it. He just went straight time, on, it seemed. Like he didn't even. It was bad. He just, his tires were cold. Too- and it just understeered straight in. It's not something you expect to no. see. And he was in Yuki- a good spot. Yuki was having a decent race, yeah. but misfortune strikes again. It would have been interesting if they had had some medium compound tires, because I think that would, as we started getting towards the end of the race, you could see traction differentials, even though we see Carlos's tires were newer, but you can really see the strengths of the two different cars. Like traction out of corners, Red Bull are really, really strong. Going over the bumps, the Ferrari was able to take so much more than anyone else. So different parts of different circuits, you can really see how the Red Bull and Ferrari uh, over the course of the lap, really quite equal, but depending on track characteristics, it can play into one's hands versus another. So we get to lap 59 and Charles had been stuck behind Alcon for, no, Alonso for a really long time. They were playing really good defense and Charles was able to make a really great pass on Alonso at the hairpin. And then two pa- two laps later, it gets by Ocon, and he's up into P five. I mean, and, and that's a that's not a part of the track that you really see yeah. many overtakes. I mean, Charles was actually we did see a good number of overtakes in places that you wouldn't normally, which was a is a real change because we the, the characteristics of this track is the overtakes happen at the end of the straight just before you're going to go through the the last chicane, but for for Charles to be making moves into that hairpin, again, we say we were talking a lot at the start of the season about how much more closely cars can 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 follow. Yeah, I think that that's just this move that Charles was making on both of the Alpines was real proof that you can you can make moves stick anywhere on a circuit. So, lap sixty four, and Stroll gets past Danny. I was so upset. I had Danny and P ten <laughs> in my coops. And he just on the last lap. I mean, come on, man! And Stroll of all people, how are you letting Stroll get by you? When I saw, when I saw Stroll got up into the points. No, I didn't realize that it was a double whammy like that. That for you, Jason. But uh, <laughs> I know Stroll's not your favorite. But you know, he got a point in his home Grand Prix. Because isn't there a small part of, of you that's happy for him? Did did Jacques Villeneuve ever score a point in his home race? I don't know. Did (laughs) Rubens Barrichello ever score a point in in Brazil? I don't know, but... Latifi wasn't going to score a point. Latifi was not going to score any points. Not the Canadians. Um, Have you seen all the drama behind this Williams seat and how Latifi might get fired during the season? There's a lot of talk about it. I was watching the, the press conferences earlier and Otmar was getting drilled with questions about is Piastri going to Williams before the season is up 
Uh, yeah, somebody's decided that that's that's a story, like, and they won't drop it. Yeah. So uh, where it came from, I don't know, but we will see. But Latifi's not—he's just not relevant at all, is he? I mean, at least Albon no. has has done some stuff. He scored some points. Uh, you know, yeah. he had a pretty good races. race. He had a, yeah. he finished in P twelve, yeah. I think. Here and there. So Latifi's just Mister yeah. Mister Irrelevant. You know, Schumacher is the other, obviously the guy without points, but he's making waves he's trying to get something done just latifi you just don't see it happening do you yeah but it was the, the last 15 laps I, I know that there's really not that many overtakes that were happening at this point i mean well i, I say that but you you finish from behind a safety car period there's always a lot of tussles that go on behind but really that last 15 laps it was brilliant yeah. i you don't necessarily need overtaking if you can get racing like that you know, he yeah. was really close behind. You could see where he was taking a lap off in between, you know, to charge his battery, but he couldn't drop too far behind because he needed to make sure that he stayed inside DRS on Max. And it was just lap after lap. And you could see that they were really going for it. None of this tire preservation because, yeah, okay, um, Carlos had a six-lap tire advantage. But at that point, it was whoever got by was going to stay yeah. by you know in the lead and he would they were going for it they were going for it and you know i think this race in general it, there was not a point during this race where i looked at the number of laps that were remaining and gone right there's quite a lot of laps to go <laughs> right it yeah. just felt that this this had excitement all the way through and the timing of that safety car may i mean safety cars always bring an element of fabrication to things, but that they exist for a reason and they occur during the course of a race. To not have a massive differential in the cars like they had in Abu Dhabi, where it's like, oh, that's really not fair. It was, it just set itself up for a, yeah, Carlos has just got that little bit of tire advantage, but Max is the guy who's on form. Max has been the guy who, who's been getting it done all weekend. Will Carlos be able to get his first win? He's had two, I think, second places. But this was his best shot to get the win so far. Yeah. And the last three, four laps when time was running out, he had one shot, maybe two, three laps from the end, where he just got a little bit too close and he just psyched himself out on the braking for the hairpin just a little bit and lost the gap. That was his one chance. If he'd have just been able to connect, you know, get it hooked up for that hairpin, he'd have had a shot into that, uh, into the chicane. But he didn't get it done. And Max got my uh, my breathing was definitely all messed up watching watching the two. Every time they came <laughs> off the corner into the DRS zone, I was like holding my breath and like if I could push, if I could have got out and pushed the back of the Ferrari just that little bit harder, that little bit faster. Yeah. Like come on, come on. It would have been it would have been nice to see him be able to get you know next yeah, to him and see what they do there. You know, he just couldn't just get couldn't up get there. it. He just needed that. He was closing, he was closing, and then he just ran out of space and it just happened over and uh, over and over again. And, oh, well. yeah, but, and there wasn't a single, I mean, as close as it was and as exciting as it was, you're exactly right. There was never a time where Max had to come off his line to defend the corner. He yeah. knew that he'd just got enough and that the Ferrari wasn't going to get by. So, I mean, but it was yeah. great racing, great racing, and nobody's going to outbreak Max. So it's like, you know, you got you got to got to be ballsy in order to to get past him in that instance. And yeah. Carlos wasn't able to do it. Yeah. So Max Max wins again, um, wins again. Know, but 
I, not not a terrible. I'm not going to switch this straight to Ferrari, but not a terrible race for Ferrari, all things considered. You know, second not second place and then uh, fifth place for fifth. Charles. You know, I think they'll they'll take it. Great, yeah, good comeback drive. I mean, from the back of the grid to, to finish there, that's that's a, a good day in the office. Yeah, for him. on a dry track, yeah. like that's that's very impressive. Um, and uh, yeah, but six six race wins in a row for Red Bull. Um, five by Max, one by Checo. And during that same st- six stretch run, only one podium for Charles Leclerc. Yeah, just Oof. in second place in Miami is his only podium in the last six races. Brutal, Yikes. brutal. It's a, it's been a season of two contrasting fortunes yeah. for Charles, yeah. um, which is really unfortunate. We say it's a long season. We're now more than a third of the way through. The season, the gap at the front is huge. The Ferrari, it feels like they're not tripping themselves over at this point. They've had a good clean couple of races since Monaco. They've just got to keep their eye on things and just try and play a, you know, play it as well as they can. I mean, they, they kind of have to wait for Red Bull to make a mistake at this point. I mean, yeah. I mean, what seems yeah, like I mean, Red Max is in control. Yeah, Red Bull had their had their gremlins at the start of the of the season. What happened to Checo? What was the reason his car died? Do we know? I can't remember if they. I think it was. I think he said gearbox. I think it's right. most likely gearbox, so, yeah. but it, it was not like engine. That. It was not engine. Yeah, it sounded gearbox. So we'll see if that start something but right now max is just driving well you know whether he gets you know whether Charles gets pole or not max wins anyway when Charles is not around max wins anyway it looks so effortless from him right now yeah. it just it did look a pretty effortless weekend yeah it, it really the only did. time he was you know, fr- at, at no yeah. point did did he really look like he wasn't going to win the race even on friday you know? he was annoyed he was annoyed that he came out just behind uh hamilton for one lap i think when he did that that yeah. pit stop at the end that's like the most annoyed he got but you know he was able yeah. to pass him pretty quickly, and and off he went. Even when Carlos was pushing him, yeah. we, we could tell that he was probably not going to get yeah. by. Yeah. You know, but it, if the if the positions were reversed, I, you could almost guarantee that Max would get by, right? If if it was yeah. Max behind Carlos with fifteen laps to go, I think my money would be on Max. I think so too. I mean, but just in the characteristics of the car, yeah. if nothing else, the traction that the Red Bull was getting out that last corner, even on older tires, was really impressive. Yeah. Next up is Silverstone, right? Um, which looks and has all the look and feel of a, a, a circuit that Red Bull are going to do really, really well on. Is there a sprint race there this weekend? Not this year. Uh, there was last okay. year, but I don't yeah. think there is this year. I think the first sprint race comes just after that. Well, we had um, we had one already. Right, we had one in Imola. Oh, at Imola. Imola, yeah, of course we did. Yeah. It seems a long time ago. It does. Um, but I, I think that moving down from the, the battle for first and second, obviously third place for Lewis, the characteristics of their car, when you look at Barcelona, which I don't want to say Barcelona is similar to Silverstone because it, it's not nearly as fast, but there's not the low speed corners that you get in some other tracks, right? Silverstone is a fast circuit. There's only really one slow corner. I'd hope that Mercedes are going to come to Silverstone with some upgrades. I think that they had a a good weekend this weekend. Obviously, George finished behind Lewis for the first time. Much of that was probably driven by the, the gamble that they took in Q3. Yes, there was, you know, Checo wasn't around. Leclerc wasn't around. But third and fourth is a, is a big yeah. win for Mercedes and, take, and it gives them a lot of confidence going into Silverstone. Yeah. 
Lewis looked like a totally different person after this race. He looked, he was smiling. He was happy getting his first podium since round one in Bahrain and first time beating George since round one in Bahrain. Um, he just looked like a totally different guy, especially after last week. Yeah. He said, uh, glad to be looking young again. Yeah. <laughs> on, on one of the, That's the right. interviews. Yeah. Laughing so, at Jensen Button. Good result. I think that going into Silverstone, they should be optimistic. I still think that if all six of the cars finish, you know, if the, both Ferraris finish, both the Red Bulls finish and both the Mercedes finish, I still think that Mercedes are going to be fifth and sixth in that equation, yeah. but they're getting closer. And I think that going to their home race, that's a big shot of confidence. The last winners I put were Alpine and Alpha. I mean, there were lots of guys that could have been considered winners in this race. Yeah, I mean, Alpine, great qualifying in the hands of Alonso. He did have an engine issue, I think, which really meant that he was only ever really going to go backwards another couple of spots for a little bit of weaving on the penultimate lap. Yeah. Um, trying to keep, I think, the Alphas behind him. So Ruin my coops on yeah. that. <laughs> Actually, that, yeah. helped, that helped me. We can talk about that in a minute. But, and it helped both the Alphas, yeah. who, like you said, it was another, it was a good result for them. Yeah. Joe, I think once the penalties were in, was it seventh for Bottas, eighth for Joe? Or I believe so. how did it end up? Yeah. yeah. Good, clean weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, double points finishes for both the teams. First time Alpha did that since week one. With the Alonso penalty, though, it makes that. Taught that a uh, fight for best of the rest is really close. That because the two alpha cars got moved up a spot and Alonso got moved behind them, between fourth and sixth is a 14 point difference. Yeah. So it's going to be really close, especially with McLaren, who I have as our first loser, going from a double points finish last race to a no points finish this race and losing it at the very last last moment. You know, at least that one point. I don't know how the best of the rest is going to go. I could see any of those three teams getting the fourth yeah, place in the construction. That's going to be interesting to keep an eye on for the for the rest of the season for sure. Yeah, but McLaren just—I I don't know where their car performance went. Is their performance in higher speed corners? I don't know. Do they not like braking at the end of long straights? Yeah, I, it's just strange that they everything was looking good for them last week, and then nothing's looking good for them this week. Odd. Yeah. Very strange. AlphaTauri, Pierre had a good race last last week, and Yuki was having a good race until the DRS issue, but you know, Yuki crashed out in a really bad way, and Pierre had nothing this weekend. He was really bad, and now Alpha's, you know, in the bottom three teams. You know, they, they just don't look good. They just can't put it together, and especially after Pierre got, you know, kind of confirmed as much as what's his name france toss can get excited he uh confirmed pierre for for next year and then just has a horrible weekend and then haas yeah i mean what a roller coaster for them after qualifying in the top both their cars in the top 10 it just all completely went away from them in the race right kevin with the damage and the the flag the wrong time to come in and then mixed car just dying to walk away with with nothing after that qualifying you'd think they might be on course to get some points yeah. must be very frustrating yeah they're, they're really unlucky yeah i mean just looking at the final classification kevin magnuson says last on the road nine seconds behind latifi who's only seven seconds behind lando 
who's seven seconds behind Pierre Gasly, right? It's if you look at McLaren, Williams, Haas, AlphaTauri, that's the tail of the tape for them. They're just it's just not getting done, and they need to do something because I think this each of those cars have shown that they've got something at some point. Yeah, Williams have scored three points already from two results under Albon. I was expecting maybe a little bit more at the start of the season. They look like they might be pretty good, but they. You know they're they're still back down there. So the race to forget for Gasly, sort of a regular sort of race for Williams. We don't put them. We don't really include them in the losers because, I, well, I it, it's I don't want to say it means that they're always going to be there. It means that they're always winners if they do well. Yes. Yeah. And if they don't do that well, particularly in the hands of Latifi, you can it, it just becomes base assumption. I think that. You know, as much as we talk about Gasly, another product of the Red Bull school is Albon. Two really great drivers who on their day can do anything. Yeah. But it just feels like when it's not their day, they get a bit deflated and they don't show up. You can't really blame them. You know, they just have such inconsistency in their in their cars underneath them that it must be hard to stay motivated. That's the race. Let's look ahead to Silverstone. Last year was crazy. We had, you know, we, we spoke about it earlier but we had the big crash with max and lewis you know should be should be a crazy race home race for three drivers i have four drivers four drivers i mean technically albon's not represented by by england but you know right that corner's historically been one of the best passing opportunities on the circuit a lot of good racing happens there because that's then that corner that before you go through one of the most famous strings of corners through maggots and beckett's that you have on the calendar and then a long long straight it's a it's a circuit that many of the drivers know very very well so you guys have any bold predictions for for this race coming up anybody anything we're not expecting that might george russell victory that would be that would be like cool. That. that would be very cool, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but unfeasible, almost impossible, you know, highly unrealistic, Unless bold. All, in fact, all, all the fer- if all the Ferraris bold. and and uh, Red Bulls crash into if each other, they all crash into <laughs> each other on the first lap. <laughs> what's happening? Knows? Could be could get some rain. You never know in England, right? English summer. Yeah. Who knows what's gonna what's gonna happen? It is July? It's July. Um, I think Lando gets his first win. Wow. <laughs> Wow, uh, I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> I think Max I'm is. I hoping. think Max is going to win. <laughs> yeah. How about Lando top six? Lando top six. That's a that's a good prediction. I like that. It's that's feasible. feasible. That's a feasible one. Yeah. Does uh, home and track. of course Russell continues his top five finish streak? I can't see him not. Yeah. I mean, can't bet against. Can't bet it. against that right now. He is. He's just unbelievable this year. Super impressive. To my chagrin, let's talk about Coops. Coops F1. Alonzo. Alonzo ruined me, okay? So I had him in pole position, which he did not get. And then I had him in sixth in the race. So when it was over, he finished in seventh. I was like, all right, I was up in the top 15. But then you changed it around with the penalty, and I dropped back down to the top 25. When I put in the original Zolk without Alonzo's penalty, I think Nick... You dropped just one one place down to second, but then after I rejigged it all, you, you fell again yeah. to third. I'm down um, in third. I'm five points out of the lead. It's very tight at the top. Um, yeah. It helped me out. I actually got uh, almost one of the top scores, uh, and uh, nice. I got one of the biggest movers up 53 places wow. to, to 63rd. Um, but uh, yeah, Dion Creel got the top score along with, well, even his name is... <laughs> 
it's F Hamilton is the name of the other driver, <laughs> both with 230 points. One of the still, I mean, when, when the guys don't finish in the top, it helps, but you know, that guy got, got Charles up into fifth, which is a nice bold prediction, but people were, yeah. people are still predicting the Alpha Tauris and the McLarens to finish in the top. They weren't, the people were not expecting, uh, Alphas to be in there. So no, they've kind of lack pace the past few races. So yeah, yeah. good on the people that chose exactly. them. That exactly. was impressive. Thanks for listening to The Undercut with Jason, Martin, and Nick. Please rate and review the show, and we'll see you next time for the British Grand Prix at Silverstone.